0: everyone, welcome to the Bull and Hawk Sports Show. This is C.G. Hawk, bringing you some more coverage of the local sports that we cover here on the program. DJ Benny, the Bull, and I are very excited to begin 2022 with some new content and definitely some new episodes upcoming very soon. One guest we have that we're very excited for that Could be coming in the future. It's going to be coming on to talk about basketball. We're excited for that. It's in the works. Hopefully, can can come through. Before we get to that, we're going to do our semi-weekly Chicago Fire roundup. Talk about the fire. What's going on with them? If there's any news of note that needs to be discussed after the season has come to a close and. The MLS Cup ended. So for the fire, first we'll talk about some transfer fees and news. Then we'll get to a new signing that I'm very excited about. This one is probably one of the best signings in my opinion that we've done in a while and hopefully he can come in and take charge on the back line and help us improve our abysmal defense that was one of the worst in all of the league. So now to the transfers before we get to that. So some of the players that have left the squad and did last season were Premislav Frankowski. He left the club and he has recently signed with FC Lens, which is in League One in France in the number one tier of French football. That's where Premislav Frankowski, the striker, has now joined. Then Alvar Madran, our central midfielder, he has signed with Al-Atoyun FC, which is in the Saudi Arabian Professional League, the best Saudi Arabian football league in the country. Then we have Ignacio Alceda. He has joined FC Lugano in the Swiss Super League. And those are the three guys who have signed with a new club. We still have players who departed from the fire who are waiting to sign somewhere else. For example, Robert Baric, Francisco Calvo, Lukas Stronjevic, Johan Kapelhoff, Alec Collier, Bobby Shelworth, Kenneth Crum, and Nicholas Slonia. Those guys are waiting to sign with a new club. And I think that the ones probably that could get signed soon, in my opinion, would be Robert Barrich. A lot of clubs are looking for strikers who can come in and score goals. That's a lot of weaknesses for a lot of clubs. Francisco Calvo, he was the captain. He's a very experienced veteran in the back line, a center back. And I think that if he could take a little bit of a pay cut, he could get signed for sure for a new club. And also Lukas attacking midfielder, plenty club could use someone of his talents to come in and start playing. Those are the departures. And for us, we also have some arrivals as well. Before we get to the one that I'm really excited about, some of the rivals we have are Spencer Ritchie. He used to play for the Seattle Saunders. He's going to be coming in as a backup goaltender, keeper, which is going to be helpful. Definitely, since we are focusing on our new goal of Gabby, he's very young, very inexperienced, but he has a lot of potential. So getting guys who are more experienced veterans who have been in the league launder, such as Spencer Ritchie, will be helpful as a backup. And we also re-signed... Federico Navarro, he's coming back. The youngster in the defense, very excited for him to come back. And he definitely impressed me last season with his play. And not a lot of players did impress me, but he was one of the ones who did look good. Then I want to pivot to the one I'm most excited about. The most recent transfer signing that hopefully can elevate our defense. And under our new coach, Ezra Hendrickson, and the new leadership, they definitely seem focused on strengthening the defense. A lot of our new signings and re-signings have been around defensive uh, format. For example, re-signing Jonathan Bornstein and re-signing other defensemen definitely shows that that's an area of focus. And I think we do need to focus on the offense, of course, too. That was pretty bad last season. But getting our defense more balanced, fixing the offense to be more balanced, and our goalkeeping already looks pretty good. So if we can get offensive defense better and keep the goalkeeping balanced, I think we should be a little bit better than where we finished last season, which was garbage. So now let's get back to the signing. So the Chicago Fire have signed defender Raphael Chizos from the German Bundesliga. Uh, Raphael was on FC Kuhn. That's where he played for a lot of his career. He's 31 years old, very experienced, and he's joined the Fire on a three-year contract for the 2024 season. And he's a left-sided defender. He's gonna join our back line as the new era gets underway. He was signed with targeted allocated money and will occupy an international roster slot for us. And this is a quote from our sporting director, Jorg Heats. He said, one of our key objectives for this off season was to acquire a talented left-footed center back. And I feel confident we have achieved that with Raphael's signing. Working closely with Ezra and the staff we identified Raphael as a player who fit our style of play and bring more quality and leadership to our roster. We filled that he's agreed to join the fire and look forward to welcoming him to Chicago. And um, Raphael, he had played with a ahead of the 2018 19 campaign. That's when he joined them, making 111 appearances across Germany's first and second Bundesliga divisions. And before that, He had captain German side Holstein Kreyf as they earned promotion to the second Bundesliga for the first time since 1981. And as we know, based on data and stats, the fire allowed 54 goals, which was one of the worst in all of the league last season. And hopefully, with Raphael joining us and Ezra Hendrickson's new management style and leadership, we can improve upon that. Because, frankly, it can't get any worse. It already was really bad. I don't really know how it could get worse unless we finished last, I guess. Hopefully, that's not the case this season. And also, the Chicago Fire FC tweeted out a video showing Rafael various highlights from his career. And it was the classic, you know, flames, fire, explosions, him turning it up on the court, the field. So definitely excited about Raphael joining us, joining the fire. And hopefully we get some more signings this offseason as well. Now we need to start focusing, improving upon the offense. We've made some good defensive signings and goal signings. Now we just need to start getting some more players who can help on offense. Because we lost some of the ones we had that could score a little bit, like Robert Barrich, Luka Stanovich lock Frokowski, those three could score some goals here and there. So now we need to focus on improving that with some transfer signings. And that's all the Chicago Fire FC news as of today. We're improving during the offseason. I'm excited for the upcoming season. We're going to begin play at the end of February. and first game is going to be in March against Orlando City. At Soldier Field. Excited for that. Excited to see how we can improve. And DJ Bentley Bull is also very excited as well for the fire. It's a new season, and we're going to be covering a lot more of the fire. We're taking our fans' opinions and comments to heart. People have been telling us they've enjoyed our Chicago Fire FC talk. So we're definitely going to go more into that because we like it too, and we're glad that people are enjoying what we have to say about the fire. And stay tuned for more on this upcoming episode of the Bullhawk Sports Show. We can be reached on Instagram at Bullhawk Sports Show. We can reach uh, Twitter at the Bullhawk Sports Show as well. Those are our two main areas of communication with fans. So if you have any comments, questions, opinions feel free to reach us on those two social media platforms and we will get back to you with any um, like questions you may have so thank you stay tuned for more cg hawk signing off with the chicago fire fc talk and um breakdown What is up, Bowling Hawk Sports Show fandom? We are recording live here January 7th, 2022. This is episode 89 of the program. And we are about to break down New Year's Eve from 2021. Bulls, Pacers, this game was on the road. This game is one of the most exciting in recent memory. We're going to break down the starting fives of both teams' Right now, we'll get to the game, and we'll talk about how we both almost fell off the couch, almost started rolling on the ground, screaming after this reaction. So, we'll get to that. Screaming was true this time around. <laughs> I don't think I fell off the couch, but screaming was a r- true response.
1: All right. So uh, DJ Ben's going to go first. For the Bulls. A 6'4 point guard... From U N C, number zero, Kobe White. Next, a six five shooting
0: guard from U C L A, number eight, Zach Levine.
1: The man in the middle, a s- seven foot. Seven feet from USC by way of Montenegro, Nikola Vucevic. Next, a
0: 6'5", small forward from Radford, number 24, Javante Green.
1: And a 6'6", power forward from... From USC, number 11, DeMar DeRozan. Yeah! That's the starting lineup for your Chicago Bulls. And now, on to the Pacers. A 6'2 point guard from Ohio State, number 4.
0: Duane, Dwayne
1: Washington Jr. Washington Jr. Appreciate the assist. Next, we have a
0: 6'6 shooting guard from University of Michigan, number 22,
1: Karis Lavert. Yes. Next, a 6'11 center from Gone. Zaga number 11, DeMontis Sabonis.
0: Next, we have a 6'11 power forward from the University of Texas, number 33, Miles. I won out of Indiana,
1: um, Turner. <laughs> and a 6'6 small forward from Washington, number 8. Justin Holiday, and those st- are starting five. Starting five for your Pacers, if you reside in Indiana.
0: Yeah, if you're an Indiana fan,
1: I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> so if we go into the. There's so many highlights for this. This was an exciting game going into 2022, and here we go. Yeah, this was a great New Year's Eve
0: festivity for our Bulls, taking on a Pacers team that has been pretty bad most of this year. The Bulls getting close to first at this time, looking good. We've dealt with our COVID injuries and regular injuries. We've had our guys... Coming up big, who have been signed 10-day deals. We've had those guys. They've helped us big time. And in this lineup, most of our main guys were there besides Lonzo Ball. But most of the rest of the five were there. And they all played a crucial role in this game for us. And before we move any further, I want to give a shout-out especially to Sub-Zero White because... He's dealt with being relegated to the bench with the rival Lonzo Ball. He's dealt with it like a man. He has dealt with it a mature um, young man, a basketball player. He's not thrown a fit. He's not pouted. He's not started crying, demanding to be in front of the starting five. And he came off the bench and next, next was man up. crucial in this match. 24 points, 4 assists, 2 rebounds. He was 6-7 from seven from deep. Kobe White was... Fantastic in this in this match, and he was one of the key reasons
1: why we carried the day. And I must quote from Adam Amin at various points during the, this very matchup, La Flama Blanca. He's been hitting those threes like he was when he just started on the on the Chicago Bulls. So. He was white hot um and if you don't know what that translates to in spanish that means white hot (laughs) uh that uh that kobe was was kobe white was on fire on fire fuego yeah uh, this was a a battle to the very to the very end but we must also spotlight uh, the others as well.
0: Yes, I watched this whole game and I was able to take some notes and I had my free stars of the game that I wrote down and I wrote down my opinion of grades for bulls and pacers
1: and I can look at those. Yeah, in the meantime we have uh a yeah, a very tough, tough game to get into. I know that we've had back-to-back games. Some cases, uh, a, a game every other day. Yeah. So that does not give the Bulls a chance to rest. Uh, still adjusting to this, and if I don't remember correctly, this has not been the way that uh, the NBA schedule has been. I guess they.
0: Well, um. Bulls among other teams have had to deal with postponements due to COVID so frankly getting any game in in any day is crucial at this point based on Omnicron and
1: Rise Alright so we have the rankings for the entire Bulls lineup.
0: Yeah this is the Bulls grade for the 10 men who played and for me when I do grades I start them off at a C, like anyone. That's where they automatically start a C. Because that's like, you know, neutral, middle, like automatically at C. So if a guy plays like three minutes and didn't really do anything, he'll get a C. Yeah, they have to have a tangible
1: but effort.
0: If a guy played 35 minutes and had 1.1 rebound, 1 block, then he gets like an F or a D. But a lot of it depends on minutes played and like how they looked. And sometimes player can get a better grade even if they scored a few points, if like he had great defense, he made some big steals, big blocks. I'll give him a good grade even if he only scored not that many points.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, first we have Sub Zero White at an A plus. Like I mentioned, he had twenty four points, six from seven from deep. He had some good passes to find some open men, and overall this was one of his best games in a long time, in my opinion.
1: Right. What was that? He said for Kobe. So next would be DeRozan. We don't, uh, we want to congratulate him for coming back and just leading the charge for the Bulls. I know they want to give away a um, huge moment then but that uh, he will get earned, earned an a
0: yeah uh tomorrow was a little bit choppy to start yeah. off yeah. in this one he made some mi- mistakes he had some misses that were uncharacteristic <laughs> which is understandable but he made the shots when they counted when they mattered and they mentioned it like the announcers but he's becoming the king of the fourth quarter he takes control in the fourth quarter. When the Bulls need a big shot, Demar and Zach are the two they look to. And especially lately, Demar
1: is the one they look to. You must put one or both of them on that court. Yeah. To, to, to uh, guarantee a, a win or at least a can be in control. So I trust them too. Next we have...
0: Nikola Vucevic, he wasn't like lighting up the court on offensive side, but 16 rebounds, he had some blocks, some key defensive stops. He contributed when it mattered most late in the game. He was able to defend Sabonis and turn her well, which is what was vital, especially with Sabonis, because he, when he gets hot, he can be almost unstoppable.
1: So being able to stop him was key. He was this past year's Mr. Skills Challenge. Yeah, so. he actually faced off against Nikola, and uh, ironically, so them them two are battling out at that center position. So
0: next we have Zach Levine. He wasn't that great in this one. He had a lot of misses. He had some mistakes. He wasn't horrible. 17 points, 16 or six rebounds, four assists. He contributed. So he gets
1: a B. We can always say that he pushes himself. I know that yeah. he's had like even a thumb injury before. I know um, some players do sit out for that. I believe uh, Paul George had that, and he was like, "Oh, I gotta, I gotta be out for that." But not Levine. He 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 pulls through and still uh, contributes one way or the other. Whether it's just five points and he's not looking too good, uh, but he's just as important as anyone. On the starting five. Yeah. Uh, last for
0: starters, we have Javante Green. And this is like... Don't look at the box score. Because two points... Are, ooh, a F, oh, that's an F. that's horrible. I'll F. No. Javante Green... And also... He's a ball mover. He's not supposed <laughs> to be scoring points. Javante Green's not on the team to score 30 a night. He's on the team to contribute defensively, make some plays. That's what Ford's do. And he did all mm-hmm. of that. And his defense was a plus absolutely he was like a gnat a fly a pest he (laughs) was able to shut down miles turner miles
1: turner didn't know what hit him and javante green helped big time getting us this w he took over (laughs) and that's because we've been without ac fresh alex caruso and big zo lonzo ball for a hot minute so um, he, he he fills that for the both of them real nice, uh, and um, and also we, we'll we'll get to him later, DJ. <laughs> yeah, As well.
0: Next we have Tyler Cook. I want to give him a lot of credit because he's a man who was signed to like a ten day deal. He's an injury guy we signed to help was. fill the roster, <laughs> and he came off the bench. He had some rebounds, had some scoring. He played good defense and was very active when he was called upon and also I'm really sorry because he got hurt in this one so now Todd Cook's going to miss some time which is very disappointing because he's played very well off the bench for
1: us and he got a B minus very true and then we have DJ himself Derek Jones Jr. B minus he contributed um, just like we said with Green Um, just excellent I know you look at the scoreboard it's a little bit better than Javante yeah um, that's because he has those explosive dunks as he had some here um, and was this the one where he he, he did some crazy uh, blocks no that's I think one. that was in, the, that was in one. the next one oh yeah it was a spoiler <laughs> uh, but yeah <laughs> uh, he he definitely uh, you know is there you know to catch and shoot when you need to um, and he can, he can shoot really but um, he is not always given the ball, but he takes it when you know you need someone to. Yeah, to take
0: it he when he gets the ball, usually Derek Jones is going to make something happen for himself. He's going to get yeah. in the paint, yeah. a close sh- dunk. He's he's yeah. going to do those
1: or even uh, free throws. You yeah, know, he's going to get that because they're so big. It's like it's so hard to avoid um, drawing that contact. If you want to get technical, yeah, so, uh, so. he gets B minus for his. Efforts, yeah, commits those fouls.
0: (laughs) Next, we have Matt Thomas. He came off the bench. He wasn't really active defensively. He scored eight points from two threes and an arch shot. So for his scoring, help us get on the board. I'll give he's getting a C plus.
1: And we have the hometown boy the former alini he gets a c plus io the <laughs> sumu uh he does fine as the sixth man um and yeah that's i believe that's where he should be he definitely uh you know then didn, then light it up on the board but uh he was also very good um, defensively.
0: He's like Jontae Green. Like they're, they, they had, they know their roles. Yeah. They know what they're supposed to do on offense and defense and like f- uh, facilitating. So I O,
1: he gets a C plus yeah. because he contributed. He he can't shoot. That's the thing. He he can't hit a killer three uh, when you need to. So just like DJ. And finally, Troy
0: Brown Jr. He has a good look. He only played four minutes, so he gets a C. Didn't do anything horrific, didn't do anything unbelievable, so he gets a C. All Right, All get that neutral.
1: <laughs> yeah. And we need to get to the fourth quarter. We had a amazing um, upside with our uh, very own Levine. He had a fast break dunk that uh, basically uh, saved us and otherwise we would be down by four five who knows um and uh, credit to kobe white for quickening the pace um and that led us down to a one point game very dramatic sequence towards that last three minutes and it was down to the final minute where get ready to fade away because this was the best moment of the entire week yeah, if you don't count the rest of the weekend, you're talking about the weekday of the of uh, NBA games. This was, a, he's the human highlight reel in the fourth. So take it away. Yeah, so CJ. the Pacers were able to score to take a
0: 106-105 lead. And there was a few seconds, not a lot of time. But there was a knife time for DeMar to get to the other side of the court. And he had a little, little time. So Demar, he managed to get to center of free point Range, center of the key. And he needed to make something happen. And he knew how much time was the clock. It was limited.
1: Yeah. So He knew he, it was limited, but he didn't yeah. know how many seconds exactly. He even said he had no idea how right. much like later on. So he did see that, oh, I only have like three seconds left i gotta make a move i only have one shot and so he kept his eye on on the rim for the longest he didn't uh, let you know he knew that we can make something happen uh you know down one what what the heck so (laughs) yeah he faded away
0: so he faded away one leg one legged fadeaway shot center of the key demar prayer because let's be honest this is a prayer uh, he this is a it's close your eyes kind of shot he shot it rolled around on the rim went in at the buzzer zero time game over Pacers fans crying crowd going berserk uh and it was not wait was it Adam Amin because Adam Amin came back and set we didn't talk about it but this one was amazing because Casey Johnson extraordinaire <laughs> on NBC that. Sports Chicago one of the best commentator journalists he last second was called in to do the first half of the Bulls Pacers game because Adam Amin there were some testing issues with COVID, so he had to get taken offside and taken away. So um, Robbie Hummel and Adam, not Adam and um, Casey Johnson did the first half, and Casey, give him credit, he knows what he's not a um, rock, a play by play man, but he was did perfectly fine. He made it. He was so nervous, which. Understandable, but that's right. He did fine, and yeah. Adam Amin got to call the on, game yeah, winner in this yeah. moment for Abu Hummel.
1: It was only a, a scare, and he was able to come back. and I'm glad he did because he made this moment really meaningful. Um, I believe he said it was like I thought at first it was like score, but it was like good. Yeah. <laughs> um. So wow, DeRozan fade away. Uh. Floater.
2: Yeah. Uh, it
1: was, it was, at first it looked like family. it It's technically a floater. Yeah, technically. And buzzer beater three that secured us that W. Uh, that W. Uh, 108, 106. I thought it was an amazing uh, <laughs> moment. Uh, at the same time, it's almost like, oh, he is so lethal, the fourth, that uh, everyone, all the bulls, the entire squad uh, jumped on him, and uh, uh, he basically held him back. It's like, all right, all right, you're gonna start uh, this this fight against the Pacers. Like, all right, bring it on. And he just was just just super calm at the end. And they, I like how they he walked backwards, and they kept on pushing him until he fell backwards to the to the floor uh, softly. He wasn't uh, didn't anything happen. Um, after that. But they pulled them back up and uh, they made sure. I was a little nervous because they said this would... We're going to check if that counted. Oh, they always do. That. They, the classic
0: reps like huddle. They, they contact New York like, we gotta look at it, we gotta look at it. And it, it was fast. They immediately knew it was good. So but, it, it wasn't one that was like... I, I don't have issues with the NBA reps because they're usually decent. Right. The ones I cannot stand are the soccer reps and... The baseball umpires. Because those ones often could take forever. Whereas, like, our instant replay, they're like, we're well, going a couple hours for this one. It's like, hurry up! But this was fast. And <laughs> they're, they're no nerves.
1: It. I feel like they always have backup. They always have that yeah. expert in the control center. Oh, yeah. And they're like, all right, this rule. All right, that yeah. This one was fast. So, yeah, it counted. Yeah, and It was good. And it was good. Right away, I like how right away he just gets on. They're like, oh, they're, they're going to call for you. Um, He does the the post game oh yeah uh, they got him on him there immediately with uh and he knew like right away with uh Stacy and Adam no no Stacy uh actually Stacy was was that for a time he but Adam, was sick COVID protocol right for uh, Adam and yeah so we we're awaiting him he <laughs> was missed um and I mean just short like how'd he do it and he just he just he just said I, I just did I knew that yeah. we were getting down and just remain calm and and uh, just be in the moment, and you know, do it at all costs. Pray, and and something amazing will happen. So, I won't. I don't put it past uh, DeRozan to do this because he is the king of the fourth, which is what won us this game.
0: Yes. Yeah, so this was a W, a game that the Bulls didn't look the greatest. I would say, but overall, we got the shots clutch. when I needed clutch moments and. Yeah. We beat a team that we should be beating if right. we want to go to the playoffs.
1: It's almost like a practice round <laughs> for them. <laughs> it's like, let's challenge ourselves with a uh, quote unquote uh, lesser, uh, not is so good team. Yeah. But uh, I have a couple of sound bites and things uh, from the post. So, with this, it's um, our 13th win over uh, 500 so yeah. this is the first time we've done that since 2015 and uh, this is the sixth in a row um, that we've got the first time in four years that we've won six in a row and uh, I know that uh, kg 2.0 um, and kind of kind of and uh, um, his, in the post game panel, they uh, said we're on the road, seven games, seven rings in 2022. Let's make it happen. Um, I I do like how, uh, once again, um, the celebration, they, they basically did it like it's soccer, like hugging. So that, that really brought, you know, this team, I'm sure it, it it, brings them like together even more. So something you'll hope for, um, going into this new year
0: yeah so a final comment i want to make because we're podcasters we're journalists i want to make a comment uh, and i watched or I watched i listened to the bulls talk podcast the most recent one and casey johnson's one host and he talked about his time doing play-by-play and he mentioned that they basically like seconds before the game when adam mean was pulled away they said casey can you please do this and Robbie Hummel was already going to be the co-commentator. So Casey Johnson, at first, like, do you just want to do it by yourself? He's like, oh, God, no. So <laughs> You see they, it in his face. To get him with Robbie Hummel. And this was Robbie Hummel's first ever Bulls game, and Casey Johnson's first ever Bulls game. So brand new. But Robbie Hummel, if you don't know his color commentator he is a co-commentator for the Big Ten Network in basketball. So he's very experienced with color co-commentating. But this was his first ever Bulls game, first ever NBA game, and this was Casey Johnson's first ever NBA game. So two rookie guys finding out seconds before that they were going to be calling the game. (laughs) But it was a good experience for Casey. He said he probably never want to do it ever again, but he got to do it, and he can put it on his resume. I was a (laughs) Bulls commentator for play-by-play for one game. Right, right. (laughs) Hilarious. He's a good sport. And stay tuned for our coverage of Bulls Wizards and Bulls Magic coming up later. We are back with some more Bulls coverage here. We just finished up discussing the Bulls Dynamic W over the Indy Pacers. Now we are going to rapid fire a few more Bulls games in a row. First... From January 1st, Bulls on the road against the Washington Wizards. This was the day after the game, so back-to-back games. And this game was kind of sluggish. The Bulls didn't look the greatest ever overall, which is understandable. They had played the night before, so they didn't have any time to recuperate. But they were able to hold in there and not let the Wizards get too much of a lead, which they did. The Wizards, at times, were leading the Bulls by a decent margin. They were up 10 at certain points. Bradley Beal, Kyle Kuzma, both were very good, especially Kyle Kuzma. To be honest, this might have been the best game I've ever seen Kyle Kuzma play, in my opinion. He had 29 points, 12 rebounds. And it was funny, too, because the announcers for the stadium where the Wizards played the arena, when he scored, they'd be like, Kyle Kuzma, and they announced it like a thousand times because he scored so many points. So Kuzma was being said a million times. Yeah, he's he's like the go-to guy for the Wizards.
2: Yeah,
0: besides Bradley Beal, those are the two. And for the Bulls, we were led by Zach Levine. He had a bounce back game of 35 points. Kobe White, just as good as the game before of 20. And then DeMar DeRozan with 28. He was very good again. And to sum it all up, Bulls were down. They came back, clawed all the way back. Kyle Kuzma hit a dagger to give the Wizards a lead, which I thought could have been over. But DeMar DeRozan got an excellent pass. He took a deep three from the corner. Went in. Buzzer beater. Game over. Hit that buzzer beater. Bulls 120. Wizards 119. With that, DeRozan makes history. He became the first player in NBA history to hit game winning buzzer beaters in two straight game days. It's crazy.
2: That's right. I he had the Rosen Sinks, and I remember me uh, screaming
0: about the Rosen Desert again. I forget who was on the call for this game because it, they've been kind of bouncing around lately with different things, but I think it was um, the one guy from the game before, and I don't think it was Adam Amin. I want to say he was gone. I don't think he made it to DC, but I don't remember who it was, but it wasn't Stacy Kane. It was not Adam Amin. That's all I need to know.
2: It too bad. Maneuver, this is uh, something that I guess he's perfected. Um, he, You know, you don't always get the one shot up to make it. Uh, you're gonna get blocked, and uh, someone's gonna stick some, some D on you. So he's done that pump fake flyby and then extended to the three to get that new winner 24 hours later the story of um, 2021 going into 22. Um, and the last NBA player to do this to win in consecutive games at zeros was Larry Bird or Boston Celtics legend um, who is said to be better than Nero's and also that <laughs> comparing him to MJ, he doesn't fly high, but just um of either it's just that all amazing uh, moments so uh one thing that he said and usually demar is very calm uh he says i don't know if i'm dreaming if it's real right now Something you work your butt off, and when you are in these those positions, try to capitalize on them the best way you can. Be willing to step up whenever that moment is called for, and be ready for it. That's all you can do when it happens. It happens. I haven't even had a chance to see the play. <laughs> um, and furthermore, I'll end with this. It's just an honor to be trusted in the fourth quarter. As he is the league's best fourth quarter scorer this Whole
0: season. Well said. The next game we have is from Monday, January 3rd at the Knight Center. Bulls Magic. And on paper, this should have been a game that Bulls won by 20, 15, took care of business, called it a night, it was over. But the Magic, to their credit, to the coach's credit, and the player's credit, even though they are. Arguably worst or second worst team in NBA. They still tried hard. They still played. They still give it their all. And that's what I like to see. I don't like to see a team that is the worst in the league just know they're the worst in the league. It's like, oh, we're horrible. But they tried. But Bulls, led by uh, Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, and Kobe White. Those are the big three for this game scoring and also rebounding. Nikola Vucevic, 17 rebounds. That is amazing. We're able to hold on for a 102-98 victory. And the Magic's big guys were former Bull Wendell Carter Jr. with 21 points. He double-double. Rookie Franz Wagner with 22. Former Nugget Gary Harris with 19. And former Toronto Raptor, still in the league, Terrence Ross, with
2: 15. That's right. Yeah, this one was close. Uh, and we rose up again. Uh, and, again, that's not without, um, that's not it. Short notice, uh, another short uh, stretch. They don't get a a three days rest like like they used to. So two days later, here they are, going up against a former teammate, Wendell, uh, Zach Levine, and Kobe White. So it's another battle for them. Um, And Wendell, he has improved. Uh, so he's he's uh, legit coming up against us uh, he does not match uh, in rebounds with uh, leach he's still uh, one of the best
0: in the league good w for the bulls 102 98 win. Next game, Friday, January 7th at the Knight Center, Bulls taking on the Wizards again. This one was a overall good game, 130, 122. There were a variety of good performances on both sides with Zach Levine, Kobe White, both playing well again. And especially, I wanna give a shout out to Ayo DeSumo. He was very good in this one with 18 points Five rebounds and four assists. Great performance by the rookie. And for the Wizards, the guys who stood out were former Bull Daniel Gafford. He had fourteen points, eight rebounds. Bradley Beal again, of course, of twenty-six. Um, Kuzma double double, twenty-one points, eleven rebounds. And back from injury and COVID list, Spencer Dinwiddie with 18 points, also a former bowl too. Right. We had the return of Lonzo Ball to the the starting lineup. Kobe shining uh, off the bench, uh, as well as Io, And we saw uh, some slight... uh, Jordan Bell. Uh, he's one of the 10-day uh, contract players if you correct me. <laughs> um, yeah. That's right. And uh, we had also for only a minute each uh Marco and Alfonso McCune. so they are slowly making their way back uh, which is good. an awesome shooter
2: uh so definitely something for right for signing new talent like him uh, but he's, he also has been around for a while um part, shortly part of uh, the champion warriors uh a few years ago um, as well as the lakers so he brings all that experience in. uh Perfect for us. And also, credit to Tony Bradley for um, playing well with uh, the two explosive blocks for us. Uh, Also, Boot uh, already had a double double for us. 14 rebounds, 16.
1: Yeah,
0: overall good W for the Bulls. 130,
2: 122. Yeah, the Rosen left the assist for us. Uh, And, yeah, we're still
0: missing um, Williams Green. Caruso. Caruso. Uh, Caruso is the one he's out with uh,
2: health safety protocols more serious serious
0: oh but I wanted to mention that I saw a headline about Patrick Williams that his cast is now off so that sounds like good news for uh, for Pat I can re-enter
2: training so.
0: hopefully comes back soon See him becoming um, explosive. He's, he's gonna start dunking and just doing like everything. But hopefully he doesn't have to go too hard. First, I'm sure that based on how we've seen um, Coach Donovan, a um, lot of compliments for him uh, with the best players. Whether uh, especially Bradley Beal, for example. Um, says that he takes highly uh, coached out of Coach Donovan, and they they like embrace like words. Uh, so um, knowing, knowing how he's like how he coaches, like I don't see him uh, putting in for like 30 minutes or anything. Just gonna slowly get him comfortable, just like how we've seen with Kobe White, uh, and he's been uh, amazing whether uh, from the bench or uh, starting like you did before okay the next and final Bulls game that we're going to discuss here is from Sunday, January 9th this was on the road in Dallas against the Mavericks and the Bulls coming in hot long win streak Mavericks were coming on a 5 game win streak as well so one of these squads Win streak had to come to a close. Hopefully it was not gonna be the Bulls, hopefully it was gonna be the Mavericks. But the Bulls in an interesting twist, most of the games that we'd recently discussed, the Bulls start off slow, especially in the first quarter, and they were able to come back, make a charge and win the game. This one, they started off well in the first quarter, but then they began to struggle at certain points the rest of the game, so it was different compared to some other ones we played recently. And for the Bulls, the starting five was similar to the other games with Lonzo Ball, Derrick Jones Jr., nicola Zach Levine, and DeMar DeRozan, and a similar bench as well. And we gave it an effort, but. The Mavericks at halftime were able to do a very good job with a pick and roll with Luka and some other players which they used to perfection on the Bulls' defense. And they were able to go back to that again and again and again and again and again and one more time. It was working well for the Mavericks. And the Bulls were hanging around. We were close. But in the end, we didn't have enough to defeat uh, Luka and the Mavericks, especially with Luca, having a triple double of twenty two points, fourteen insists, and fourteen rebounds. Yes, the Bulls they were in this one and they were able to oh yeah did you get yeah I sorry have... you're, you're yeah. muted I sorry look
2: at the shot chart right here and it looks like the bulls are better close to and in the paint, uh but they have they are all over side of the court um they take they take it more than the Mavs the Mavs
0: um take take the right side of the court I guess um fur corners more so so I I thought that was um fair to assess and the rules yeah for sure they took more shots in the paint so doing that (laughs) Yeah. We were close, but late. Because I was only able to watch the fourth quarter, but um, the Mavericks looked pretty good in the fourth quarter, getting a lot of key threes late, which helped put the score further and further out of reach. Right. Yep, it just wasn't our night. We actually weren't anticipating to return no. and play us. I thought he was out playing. It, so that is a major reason. Uh, uh, and he actually led the Mavs uh, compared to us uh, just,
2: just by two uh, in, in, in buckets and points. So uh, as of closing uh, and so, yeah, he's just, uh, triple-double, if that wasn't mentioned, yeah, uh, for Luca, he just, he just had our number, but, uh, Domar was, was everywhere, though, he, had, uh, he he had, he was blocking, you know, just, eight assists this night, uh, DJ really stepped up An eight rebounds and all, and we've had Lonzo back, like I said, so three steals, yes. which the Mavs and uh, Tim would Jr. also did too, so it's like. in the last three quarters. So that tells you right there. Um we also saw DeRozan missing. Uh, listening a few shots too so he wasn't like himself. Uh, and so yeah nor, nor was it exactly
0: Yes, final score one thirteen ninety nine. Now the Bulls are going to be pairing to take on the Detroit Pistons in a much-needed W. This has got to be a W because they showed um, Stacey Kane, Adam Amin, the upcoming schedule for the Bulls, and it looks very daunting. So hopefully we can get this Pistons game to be a victory and at least hold serve like a 500 level for these upcoming other ones. Because We're going to be yeah, taking we have, on Nets we have, uh, Warriors. two in a row uh, as the next day. We have the Nets, and then two days later, <laughs> there is the Warriors, and then the day after that, the Celtics. Yeah, actually, I, I don't sweat the Celtics. No. That much. No, no, the Grizzlies could be really th- tough. Yeah, they
2: can be. Second now. Yeah. In the
0: last. We're getting there. And that closes out our Bulls talk for today. One final comment I have that I saw less a couple minutes ago is I wanna thank Bull Mac McClung for his service. He only played in one appearance with the Bulls. On a 10-day contract, it has not been renewed, so I want to give good luck out to Matt McClung on what he does next in his um, career.
2: That's
0: for sure. We are now pivoting to our Bears talk for this week, episode 89. The Bears finished off a rather poor season at a 6-11 and record, losing their season finale to Kirk Cousins of the Vikings in a blowout. And the Bears have long said, George McCaskey, the owner, and bring trust that they're going to make some changes. And after the final game on Monday, they indeed and indeed make some changes with General Manager since twenty fifteen, Ryan Pace being given his pink slip, and also head coach Matt Nagy being fired as well. And I think both of them, they did have their ups and downs. I don't want to make it sound like they're both complete garbage and jerks and this they deserved it to be fired because. Um, Matt Nagy did have the first year where he guided us to the playoffs. That's exactly right. We were very good that year. Very good record, actually. First, first year. Gotta, gotta remind everyone of that. And it frankly could have all been completely different. He might not have even been fired if the Bears hadn't had that Cody Parkey um, field goal debacle. If he had made that field goal and the Bears had won the game. Who knows what would have happened. And I guess if you have to look at Matt Nagy, the weaknesses and the mistakes that cost his era here were the Bears roster, and especially after the first year, because a lot of the big plays in the first year were due to the defense. We had lots of touchdowns and great field position and dynamic plays by the defense, But that can't last every season. You can't rely on dynamic defense getting you points every year. And that never really happened again during his time here. There wasn't dynamic defense like that. And the offense was always going to be a problem. So if the limited offense and the defense not as dynamic, the Bears struggled. And injuries, COVID issues game calling, game planning cost uh, Matt Nagy here. And for Ryan Pace, he'll be well known as the man who drafted Mitch Trubisky. He drafted up to get him. He was his man, his new guy. He's going to be the savior. Well, we know that didn't pan out. That was... Epic fail. Then he drafted up to get Justin Fields, and so far I don't know how that looks. I think he's going to improve. It was only his rookie season, and there's a lot of problems with the Bears this year. Hopefully, he can get more improved and be able to figure out some stuff and stay healthy next season, and actually start the whole year too. Not come off the bench, not start one game, and then take a rest. Like actually start, see what we have with. Justin Fields. And that's the end of those eras. So hopefully the Bears can make some good decisions on hiring a new GM and a new head coach. There have been some options floated around for GMs and coaches. One GM is associated with the Colts in a position, and he looks like he could be a good choice. And for our coaches... Some of the ones that have been floated around for the Bears to pick up are former Vikings coach, Leslie Frazier. He was a coach from 2010 to 2013 for the Vikings. He was decent. He hasn't coached since, but he was decent there. They've looked at uh, current Greenwood Packers offensive coordinator, Nathaniel Hackett. He's supposed to be hot and sexy name. He's a guy that a lot of people are looking at. They've looked at possibly we could see Jim Harbaugh, but that would be unlikely. But people have been touting that as like a potential one if he leaves the University of Michigan. But those are some of the choices for the Bears. And I think he's going to be, they'll probably hire the GM first. Then they'll have to hire the coach. And depending on the GM, we'll see. Who the Bears look to hire. And one more name that is a more recent one that just was fired on Monday was Dolphins head coach Brian Flores. He had a decent 500 record as coach of the Dolphins. And last year, he actually helped them get to almost the playoffs. They almost made it, just missed out. He was a surprising coach to be fired. I don't think he would be the worst ever, and it says the Bears are going to interview him according to Jordan GNG, so we'll see what the Bears think of Brian Flores. Do you have any comments to make D.J. in the bowl? Yeah, I believe those will be some fairly good choices. Definitely take the time that's needed to search for it before we make him. Um And yeah, just some comments um, what was heard uh, all of uh, German news some um, uh, in-depth uh, citywide interviews uh, some things were more harsh and these uh, believing of duties uh, but there's words should happen a long time ago uh, and uh, it's hard to say uh, I know Pace was decent uh, he did, uh, did put the fans first uh, in his letter for the passion of the Bears fans as
2: palpable, palpable daily for the wins and losses it was our constant goal to look the championship so thank you for making the city the best home field advantage of the NFL Soldier feel this home. Just don't move to the um, trail. Uh-huh. Uh, Maggie um, also, uh, some fans pointed out that he didn't thank the fans uh, granted because they've been so harsh on him, He did offer thanks for the opportunity to lead one of the game's most story franchises And called this <laughs> tenure. Four years, I'll never always remember. Four years, I'll always remember. <laughs> he wishes... The that, well, first, I was proud to be your coach and wish you nothing but success in the future. <laughs> so a very professional, upstanding guy. And um, yeah, he you will be missed. Uh, we just we all wish uh, success uh, for the future.
0: Is a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. And final comment this was the headline from the Athletic. And lots of experts and people in the media and businesses say that the Bears are closer than people think, and why the Bears should be an appealing team for the next GM and head coach. So at least that's positive that maybe we can get a good GM and a good head coach here. Not. A crap coach, crap gm I would personally like the next GM and head coach to both be experienced. I think to have coached before and been a GM before. I know it's good to look at offensive coordinators and be like, that's a sexy name. But a lot of times those guys don't pan out. So hopefully this guy has experience, both guys, and they can help us for the future. And see you next time on the Bullhawk Sports Show. CJ Hawk and EJ Benny, the bull says to be well, stay
2: safe. Most importantly, and enjoy
0: your upcoming week.